Well, we got the music all queued up, just like a professional podcasting crew would. Welcome to Rec Poker. This, I'm Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home games, and this is our forums edition of the Rec Poker podcast, brought to you by website AMP, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Learn Pro Poker. I'm joined by the panel just like every week. Some of us are playing in the rec poker home game, trying to take chips away from each other in the play money game on uh, Poker Stars. Some of us are just here to talk poker like we do every week. Chris Jones, tell us a little bit about where we can find you. Uh, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5x5 five five pretty much anywhere, Twitter, Poker Stars, and on the forums. I'm John Somsky, and I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Radman50 everywhere. And we're joined again this week by Eric Jin, one of our favorite uh, forum posters. It is the forums edition, after all. And so every week we take one post from the forums. Uh, we talk about it here with the panel. And uh, we've invited Eric to join us this week. Uh, Eric, where, what's your handle in the panel, in the forums, and um, what can people look for if they're playing up against you in the home game? This is Eric Jin. I am Binkley in the forums, and I'm C-O-M Binkley in the PokerStars home games. Thanks for joining us, Eric. And uh, one, one of these days, we'll get you to tell everyone the story about how you got C-O-M on the front of that handle through your epic uh, gaming history, one of, one of my favorites. So here we are. We started a new group at uh, Rec.Poker, actually. And one of the fun things that uh, we do with the website it's got groups for people with particular interests. So those can be uh, regional things. Uh, there's a group here just for rec poker players from Canada. There's a group for people that like to play at running aces. There's a group for people that like watching the NFL. And uh, one of the groups that we just opened is for solvers only. So this is just for people to talk about using solvers, uh, PO, GTO plus, whatever it is that gets you going. Um, so I pulled a forum post out of there. This one's by Monkey System, who we have already spoken about uh, one of Monkey System's posts earlier about Mystery Player M and their aggressive betting style out of position. And as you can see, as you'll learn here shortly, um, Monkey System likes talking about these wide ranges. So this one is about C-bets. So the posts is 100% C-bets. Is this a bad leak? And Monkey System says, Greg Raymer in the book he published last year recommends always c-betting a flop in a heads-up pot. And my first reaction was, say what? So I ran this scenario in GTO Plus, node locking V at 100% c-bet frequency in several different flop textures. With GTO Plus calculating the optimal response, our EV never increased by anything that made it seem worth the effort to implement it. I couldn't come up with any exploits that increased our equity by enough to justify the risk of counter-exploitation. It feels like a 100% c-bet frequency is a highly exploitable leak, but I couldn't find the exploits in a solver analysis. Does anyone have any suggestions? Is Raymer onto something here? So before I go into the uh, comments in the panel, what, what, or in the forum, what, is that, what do people think about uh, this just generally? Is, is a c-betting 100% an exploitable leak? Yes. <laughs> I think you're right, Chris. Thanks for joining us, everyone. It's been a great week in the Rec Poker Podcast <laughs> Forums edition. See you um, later, Jim. Nice, nice job. <laughs> Hi, everyone. 
So just in case uh, people wanted to get a little in, in your head there, Chris, are there, are there some reasons why you think maybe 100% is too high a frequency? I mean, I, you know, I, I think that ultimately when we're looking at um, seabedding, we really, and I think this is something that sort of has shifted in the game relatively recently where we're really starting to look at the, the range analysis and flop texture of like who has the range advantage based on this flop. Um, and that is often, uh, when we have the lead and when we're in position, we are, you know, there's often boards that favor us, but there's clearly boards that do not favor us. And if we have a competent opponent, if we are sea betting hundred percent of the time, uh, they're going to eat us alive on the, so like the, the boards that I'm thinking about are like a seven, four deuce or a seven, four, four type flop. Um, and we opened from, you know, middle position and had a, had a big blind sort of come along with us or something like that. If we see bet, what are we going to do? And we see bet with our hand, you know, like our ace kings and our ace queens and our ace jacks and our king queens and all those sort of Broadway cards, uh, which are going to be, uh, you know, not exclusively the entirety of our range, but are going to make up a large portion of the kinds of hands that we're opening. Um, what are we going to do when a competent opponent check raises us on a seven, four, four board? Um, and with our ACE Jack of diamonds with, you know, no diamond on the flop, what are we going to do? Um, we're going to fold. And so we should be at least. Um, and, and so we should be, those are the kinds of boards that we should be checking. Um, and they're the kind of boards that we want to navigate towards rather than continually see bet. And those are the boards we can be taken advantage of. I don't know if everyone agrees. That's my take. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, go ahead, Rob. Well, I, I posted on this, on this one subject too, and I quoted, you know, what we've been studying in the book study and Matt Matros. One of the things that we're not really clear about, you know, he said in a heads-up pot, you should see bet 100% of the time, but with the initiative, and it, what Matt Matro says, it's not a huge mistake to see bet 100% of the time in with the initiative in a heads-up on a heads-up flop, um, because the amount of time that especially the player pools that we're playing against. And again, we're looking at Matt Matros's the game plan is, is uh, geared towards less sophisticated players. So I think players not as sophisticated maybe as Chris is when he's thinking of the things that Chris is thinking about the, the, you know, the callers range and, and where they stand and their ability to actually pull the trigger and, and exploit us by check raising you know are they going to do that without a hand just because they know we're c-betting 100 percent of the time 100 percent of the time we're not going to have that you know we're going to have we're going to be probably good 60 maybe 70 percent of the time at the most and so they know that 30 percent of the time we have nothing um and so are they willing are, are they going to be able to exploit us enough to make it uh, a bad decision to see bet 100% of the time. Yeah, I will say I, I, I agree with that. Like if we have an opponent who we read or kind of have determined that basically they're, they're kind of fit or fold or they're hit or miss or whatever. Um, and, you know, they're not going to fight back with 
anything unless they've hit a flop. Uh, and what I mean by hit a flop is not necessarily that they've even just hit a pair, but that they've either got, they've either hit a pair, something stronger or a strong draw. I wouldn't say gut shots even like if they're going to fight back with gut shots, then I think we're, we're starting to even be in some trouble here, but those opponents, I think we can see bet pretty liberally. Like we can just kind of see bet whenever we feel like it, because we're going to really take them down enough and they're not going to fight back enough. But if there's any players that are capable of looking at a board and saying, even if it didn't hit me, it should have hit me more than it should have hit you. Um, then we got it. We've got to be a lot more careful, and we've got to pick our spots to see bet. And and when we talk about uh, how other players could exploit a higher see betting range, there's there's a few different ways that they could do it. It depends on if if you're in position or out of position. But if I'm if I'm playing against someone who I think is see betting too much. I mean, the obvious exploit is to start raising them, whether they're check raises or raises in position with a mix of hands that makes their life difficult uh, on the calling side. You're putting them in kind of the same position that they're hoping to put you in uh, with this. They're get, you know, you have to give them an opportunity to fold. And I think that's something, especially check raising the flop is start, starting to pick up a little bit. Um, but I think people are still not check raising nearly enough. You should be check raising more. Trust me, you should be check raising more than you're check raising. And I, and I understand that they're not making any more good hands. They're not adding any more really valuable hands to the top of the chart. So if you're going to add check raising hands, you got to go down <laughs> and you got to add some that you're not check raising for value. So, and also, um, if, if you're only check raising with sets and very strong draws, that's actually still not a very balanced range. Like that's an incredibly strong range. If every time, if your draws are, you know, big combo draws, strong draws. Um, so just think about, and maybe we'll talk about that a bit here. Like what are some other ways to, uh, to balance that check raising range so that people are making a mistake when they fold to you? Cause, cause that's, that, that's a great situation for you to be in where you're giving them multiple ways to make a mistake. Um, most people, when they check raise, it's with, you know, top or middle set. And when the opponent folds, they're making the correct decision. You've allowed them to do that. Uh, so check raising is one, just raising in position is another one. Depending on your opponent, um, you might choose to raise a turn instead. If, if you have some information about them, that's they're more likely to two barrel, um, that then you can sort of float that float that flop bet and take it away on a later street. Um, but yeah, so string bender, one of our other uh, premium members makes a point in here about, um, yeah, uh, check raise over C betters quite heavily, even 25 to 50% of the time, which I mean, it sounds crazy, but um, I think it's a good, exploit. I've told this story before, but there's a guy that plays at a casino a little east of here that um, folds to 100% of check raises. So, and they'll still in multi-way position, in the multi-way pot, if they're in position, it goes check, 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 check. They'll always put a little stab bet out there for about 20, 25% pot. And they have folded every single time they have faced a check raise. So every time, and uh, I hope they're not listening. Guy in the orange jacket, 
um but yeah it's uh sometimes you gotta have the nuts though don't you like just one one time don't you have to have the nuts i don't i mean maybe he doesn't see but maybe he doesn't make that stab like maybe he's like oh i've got the board crushed i'm just gonna let them bet into me on the turn you know yeah he's gonna slow Uh, play it yeah which you know that I, i get that too but um yeah, so there's, there's arguments for check raising with complete error, depending on who you're playing against. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so here, Binkley, you actually are Eric. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to call you Binkley all the time. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> who I am on the farm. That's fine. Uh, so talk to us a bit about your post here where you're talking about the difference of in position, out of position, and, and different kind of opponents. Yeah, so basically, you know, if you look at the theory, yeah, you're not supposed to see bet 100% of the time. And it'll differ between if you're in position versus out of position. Um, you know, in, in position, it's, it's, it is a high frequency, maybe 80 to 90%, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but somewhere in there. And then, but a bit lower, you know, so 50 to say 50 to 60% of the time if you're out of the position. And what you're 100% see bet, what you're um, exploiting is that weaker, weaker players will just tend to see to overfold. They won't, they won't uh, defend properly. So you can go small with your C bet, you know, quarter pot, and they'll say, like, "Ah, my ace high is no good." When, you know, my gut shot's no good. Which, in fact, you know, by theory, you're you are supposed to call a bit portion of that. Um, so. If you're 100% c-betting when you're in position, yeah, you are deviating. You know, instead of eight, you know, by 10 to 20 percent, but you're making that up by the exploit of your of your player pool. Um, now, one thing to keep in mind is that when you do c-bet and they do continue, now you've folded folded mm-hmm. out your villain's junk they're going to continue with a stronger range or they are a, a more experienced, more skilled player that is calling correctly. So now you can't assume that you're against a weak, uh, weaker player. So you're either against a player with a strong range or with a more skilled or a, a skilled player. So either way you're going to have to, um, again, proceed with caution. So one thing that I sometimes get, myself into is leveling myself it's like oh well they know i'm receiving, <laughs> yes. so they're floating me yes so i'm gonna fire the turn to make them fold again and and no they they have the nuts and, and i just <laughs> i just away half your chips yeah yeah so Oh, so that's, that's the one I'm, thing you need to need to be careful of. That's a very familiar f- feeling, Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> because you do feel like, because we, we project these attitudes and tendencies on these mm-hmm. players, right? And you're like, oh, well, you know, I would totally be doing this light here. So they must be, and like, I'm going to make them give it up on this next street. And, uh, you know, they they know your players. Like, like this is a big part of it. This poker is played between people at the table, real people making real decisions based on their own assumptions. And uh, their, you know, their take on who you are and what your assumptions are is what makes poker great. Uh, and so we can, we can kind of out clever ourselves very easily by just putting our opponent in the wrong box and just saying, you know, oh, they're doing this thing because they're on the level I'm on. And even if, even if they're on a lower level than you, 
you're, you're exploiting yourself by setting them up for a trap that they're not going to know not to walk into. And then, all, you know, they brought a club to a gunfight, but you didn't bring anything because you didn't think they were going to show up at all. So uh, you really got to play your opponent. And whether that means not making the C-bet, making the C-bet and expecting to call a raise, um, you know, making the C-bet and expecting to have to re-raise on top, uh, having, having a plan, having a... Well, 100% seabed, can, it can be a, an arrow in your quiver, but you have to have looked a little further down the road, I think, for how to play after that. The only other thing I want to say, Stringbender makes another great point in here, which is that it really depends on the position. If we're talking about if you're in late position and you're called by the button, then, you know, your seabeds are going to get, or, or sorry, yeah, the big blind. Thank you, Rob. Then um, your range advantage is going to be stronger than theirs than it would be in other circumstances. So you can see bet more uh, frequently in that kind of situation because they're, they're correct to fold more, which is a good point. So uh, any closing thoughts? I know we like to zip in and out of these, a little, a little taste of strategy to uh, get you going on a Saturday. Does anyone else want to talk about sea betting? I don't hear it, so failing that, I will so cleverly and professionally mention our sponsors for the second time today. I'd like to thank Website Amp, Learn Pro Poker. Oh God, no! Here we go. That sounds more like it. Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, Running Aces, Hotel Racetrack and Casino. Thanks, guys. Eric, Rob, Chris, and John. We will see you all next week. <laughs>